Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Today, we're joined on the pod by Greg O'Connell. He's a former Alameda County Deputy District Attorney. He spent several years at the Dolan Law Firm, and he's now with Reigns, Lucia, and Stern. Greg O'Connell, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, It's a real privilege to have you on. I know a little bit about your practice, and I know about your history in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. And in general, it's uh, really a stellar career. But tell me about a case that you had that really went off the rails. Lou, well, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, just one case that goes off the rails. There's uh, probably a few that come to mind. Um, you know, the first one I'll share with you, it, um, it involves this like where the locomotive, like completely fell off the bridge in addition to just sort of popping off the rail. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's the, those are the best ones. Um, <laughs> uh, it, um, you know, I was in the district attorney's office, uh, at the time I, I was prosecuting a case out of the Fremont courthouse. The individual who I was prosecuting, his name escapes me. Um, but he was charged with assault with a firearm, and he had brandished a firearm on the freeway during the aftermath of a, a road rage incident. Um, eventually, witnesses saw this, tracked down the license plate number, apprehended the suspect, and then, you know, of course, found the firearm that he was shaking. Uh, during cross-examination, um, he became really upset. Uh, very uncomfortable, started speaking in his native tongue, took him down to the ground, they called for backup, multiple deputies rushed into the courtroom, they handcuffed him, and at this point, he starts having what I think was a seizure. His eyes roll back into his head, and he's foaming at, at the mouth, kind of drooling, and this is all in front of the jury. Lo and behold, they uh, convicted him. <laughs> uh, not, oh, there not you much. go. <laughs> Not much longer after that. Um, however, though, I think he did have the uh, last laugh because he was successful in uh, in his appeal. Um, <laughs> so it, um, yeah, I would say that's pretty much off the rails and uh, off the track. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Where Where are you from originally? So I grew up in the city of Alameda. Did you go to uh, high school there? Um, no, I, I did grade school through um, K through eight in Alameda, and for high school I went to Bishop O'Dowd in Oakland. But you were still living in Alameda. Uh, yes, still living uh, at, at my parents' house in Alameda. In fact, they're they're still there. What did you think of O'Dowd? Did you have a good time there? I I loved O'Dowd. I, I had I had a great time. A good education. Um, you know, a lot of committed young students. Um, and it was a good place to learn and kind of go through adolescence. After you got out of O'Dowd, where'd you go to college? After O'Dowd, I went to UCLA down in wonderful Westwood. And that was an excellent time of my life. Um, Los Angeles was a lot of fun. UCLA campus is beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And 
did, were there any specific activities or anything besides going to the beach that you enjoyed down in Los Angeles? <laughs> well, it uh, you know that that's a, a tough question. Um, there are so many positive areas about that school, uh, the student body, student life. The classes were the classes were good. Uh, a lot of you know kind of high profile instructors who do lectures and write books. Um, wonderful guest speakers. When did you start thinking about becoming a lawyer? The thought initially crossed my mind when I was a, a senior in high school. And really? Okay. Part of it came about when I began applying to colleges. I had to figure out what I was ultimately going to major in. You know, kind of the, the short answer is I wasn't really sure. <laughs> um, law school seemed like a good fit for me as I always enjoyed debate. And argument. I, I did debate in high school, and I also did debate in uh, at, when I was at UCLA. Um, so, arguing and presenting was always uh, always something that came second nature to me. And you know, on, on the advice of my parents, if I was going to make a career out of something, it should be you know something that you're you're pretty good at, or at least something that comes somewhat effortlessly. After you got out of UCLA. Uh, what did you do then? Right out of uh, college, I, I began. I began law school. I went to uh, Golden Gate School of Law. I, I started in the fall of 2005 and was there for three years, enduring law school. Was it a conscious decision to come back to the Bay Area? It, it was. It was during during my summers um, at UCLA. I would be at home and living at my my parents' house in Alameda. And I began volunteering at the Alameda County District Attorney's Office um, in between my sophomore and junior year of college. So it would have been the summer of 2002. Um, I volunteered there. Uh, I was interested in becoming a DA and volunteered there for the three subsequent summers, uh, 2002, three, and 2004. Tell me about some of your early experiences in the DA's office. Um, so during that first summer, I primarily volunteered at the, the Alameda Courthouse. So the one that's there on, I think it's Shoreline Drive. Uh, right. Now now I think they only do civil matters out of there. Um, but years ago, they, they had a, a, a single courtroom devoted to criminal. And I worked under the tutelage of John Jay. And Eileen McAndrew. You tried ultimately uh, serious felony cases. Is that correct? Uh, I did. Yes. And then you also, after that, you went on to uh, deal with the Department of Insurance division of the District Attorney's Office. That's correct. After I did uh, felony, I was on the felony jury trial team for two years. Um, after that, I transitioned into our Consumer Fraud Environmental Protection Division, um, where I worked in the insurance fraud unit. So it was prosecuting different types of insurance fraud, whether it be uh, homeowners insurance, automobile insurance fraud, and even doing some workers' compensation fraud. You know, the uh, the type of stuff where the guy uh, wears a boot all day until he gets to the gym and then takes it off and goes and plays basketball, <laughs> claiming he has a, a bad foot. Yeah, those cases are are interesting. Uh, the 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 other cases that I 
that I like are the uh, crash and buy cases. Uh, <laughs> you know, you would think that would be easier uh, easier to pull off if you just simply uh, planned, you know, set down a timeline and stuck stuck with it. It's, Tell it's, people about crash and buy cases because it's a term that you and I know, but maybe some people don't know. Sure. So um, typically, this occurs, we'll say, on a, a Monday morning at eight a.m. and somebody is involved in an auto accident. That person then calls the police, makes a police report at approximately eight thirty, gives all their information, says they were involved in an auto accident. And then, oh, probably about 10.30 in the morning, maybe 11 in the morning, they get the bright idea, oh, shoot, I don't have car insurance. Maybe I should go buy it. So then hours after the accident, they go buy the, their insurance policy. And, you know, I just don't understand how people can, uh, can fall. And then they make that. a claim on it. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. And then, you know, and they, they never have the patience to wait more than a day. You know, sometimes they'll just call right back 20 minutes later and make the claim. <laughs> of course, that doesn't raise any red flags over at the insurance company. <laughs> uh, not enough red flags could go up on that. Oh. What are you doing now? What sort of work are you doing now, Greg? You know, so in 2017, um, I, I made a, a, a tough decision. I deliberated it for quite a bit to leave the DA's office and I wanted to explore uh, civil litigation. Um, the opportunity that uh, was given to me right out of the DA's office was, was working at Chris Dolan's law firm. Um, Dolan is it's kind of a czar and master of personal injury cases. He does a lot of civil lit, um, mostly with personal injury, some medical malpractice. So I, I made the transition into civil litigation. How, how was that transition for you coming out of the DA's office then going into a civil firm? You know, it, um, you know I think there's an old saying, uh, it, you know, it's tough for old dogs to learn new tricks. Um, you know, and for the first time in my life, I actually felt like an old dog <laughs> trying to learn a new trick. I was in the DA's office eight years. Some of the procedure and the rules you just come second nature. You don't realize how much you've actually learned and remembered without having to think about it. Uh, when all that goes out the window and you're dealing with a new set of rules and new procedure, um, it's you know it's a there's a learning curve and it it was difficult for the first couple months. What did you do to get over that curve? The only way I think to really get over that curve is to just put in extra time, read the code. Try not to fall asleep while you're reading it. Um, make notes, flashcards, test yourself, think about it. Um, you know, I, I would download uh, YouTube podcasts and discussions on procedure and listen to it during my commute. Um, just anything to kind of get my brain thinking about it and committing it to memory so it becomes second nature. What kind of cases did you handle at the Dolan firm? When I was at Dolan, it was it was all um, personal injury. I I guess not all. Um, I did do one jury trial uh, while I was there at the firm. That was a breach of contract case, um, but most of the cases were personal injury. What did you think of that work? I enjoy it. A personal injury case is very client centric. So if you right. have a 
you know, a, a very sympathetic client who's been injured dramatically and the, 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 his or her life has just been altered permanently. Um, it is very easy to get behind the client, get to know the client, because not only are you, you working to get, you know, a big settlement, which of course is going to help you personally. You're doing this because the client actually needs it. And a lot of times, you know, he or she is not going to be able to work. They're not going to be able to earn a living and they're going to have future medical care, which um, is very expensive, especially nowadays. In 2018, you left Dolan and went to your current assignment. Is that right? That's right. I um, I had left uh, Chris Dolan's firm and I accepted a position at Reigns, Lucia, Stern, St. Fowl, and Silver. You know, they have uh, five people on the credenza. They they do have a civil litigation division that, that does personal injury, uh, medical malpractice, as well as employment law, labor law. Um, Michael Reigns, though, was, um, you know, kind of the the heavyweight there who really, you know, gave Reigns Lucia Stern its name. Um, and of course, that is done in the defense of police officers. That, that defense comes in either criminal proceedings, civil proceedings, um, but most often administrative proceedings. Yeah, police officers sometimes get in trouble too, don't they? Um, they they definitely do. A, a police officer is really just like anybody else, and they can have uh, lapses in judgment. They can find themselves in uh, difficult situations, needing to make immediate decisions, and, and sometimes that's just a um, you know a, a recipe for, um, for trouble to happen. Um, and I think that. I think that goes for anybody, not not necessarily only police officers. So you've been there, what, about two years now? Uh, about two and a half, yeah. And what sort of work have you have you been doing there? In the civil litigation uh, division, there is still some personal injury. Um, there's also, uh, I've been working on something called a shareholder derivative suit. Um, oh, yeah. Some, uh, something called a key TAM suit, which is a, a whistleblower kind of retribution type case. Um, I also do um, contract law as well as um, employment law. Um, And then, of course, personal injury. Um, Pretty much anything where uh, litigation is required, um, we also take over a lot of cases for other firms or smaller practices when it's actually time to go to court. Now that you've had more experience with the civil stuff. Uh, and I assume that you now have much greater familiarity with civil procedure than you did when you first left the DA's office. Uh, have you found that your experience as a deputy DA and your work in the courtroom has now really been able to transition into helping you out in civil litigation? Yes, it, it has. Um, it mostly um, pays off when you're kind of close to the finish line uh, in, in civil. Um, typically, there are not a lot of there's not a lot of hours logged in court uh, up until an actual trial date. So I, you know, anytime I've got into the trial department, that's when it starts to pay off um, all of the time, and usually it can be sometimes two years, three years before a case gets to trial. 
it's a different beast in the civil world. Attorneys behave differently. There's different types of tactics and strategies. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the civil fact. It's usually I'm representing, I'm on the plaintiff side. So I'm representing a single person and I'm going after a, a larger insurance company. Um, nobody's in custody. You know, nobody's losing any rights, unlike criminal, where the, the consequences of a verdict are, are much more severe. Um, so there, there are different tactics that play out that simply did not exist in the in the DA's office. Now, in addition to practicing law, I know that you have some outside interests. Uh, what sort of things do you like to do recreationally? Traveling is, uh, you know, ultimately goes to the top of my list. Uh, I know <laughs> right now that's um, th- that's difficult to accomplish, um, maybe even impossible. I yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to go. I was in Italy uh, in February. Uh, my girlfriend and I went there for uh, about two weeks. Um, we were glad to get that in. Um, but now, you know, traveling is, is difficult and it's just you can't really do it. Um, so, uh, you know, exercising, um, believe it or not, gardening. Um, Lou, I, yeah. I, yeah. I undertook the, uh, the task of remodeling my backyard during this pandemic. And it's been, um, it's, it's been, it's been difficult and it's taken up a lot of time, but, um, it's, it's nice work. It's simple work and, um, it, it's different, uh, completely different than law. So it's, um, it's nice to engage in that just to take my mind off of things and relax. What are you growing? Um, so I have a lemon tree. I have a peach tree, a cherry tree, and I've also I'm trying to grow uh, chili peppers on my on my deck, but um, that hasn't been working out. the uh, The lemons are, are coming in great, though. Let me get back to the uh, the court system for a minute. Do you think that the court system is basically fair? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is basically fair. Um, you know, that's. It's obviously, uh, it's a very subjective question, and I think people's answers differ based on kind of how things work out for them um, personally. Um, you know, so a, a lot of criticisms of the court system, I think, can be fickle and sometimes uninformed. Um, but, you know, I'm not a complete defender of the court system because I think it's archaic in many ways, and, and it is too slow. You know, if you couldn't be a lawyer, is there some job that you think you'd like to have? Um, yeah, no, I've uh, I've jokingly said, you know, I would love to uh, to own the San Francisco 49ers. That would be yeah, that, that'd be a good job. That would be my my favorite job. Um, but you know, no, if if I didn't go to law school, I I probably would have gone to medical school. If a young person who was in college and thinking about a career uh, asked you about whether being a lawyer was a good idea or not, what uh, advice would you have? <laughs> you know, I would probably, I would probably tell them no. Uh, do not become an attorney. Uh, really? Why? the The cost of law school is um, is very high. Uh, running a law school, the idea of running a law school, has become more of a business <clears throat> and less of a a sanction for learning in an academic institution. It's really no longer that anymore. It's a business. 
let's say you came into some real money, you know, real money, a couple of billion dollars, billion with a B. Uh, what, if anything, about your life would you change? You know, I would probably start working less. <laughs> that would be the first thing I would change. After that, I, you know, I've learned to live uh, under my means. I've become better and better at saving. So in all honesty, you know, I would not need that much money. And so I would probably donate some, certainly not all of it. Uh, but they, you know, I guess the first thing I, I would uh, I would change is is probably my uh, my mortgage and uh, get, get rid of it so I have a little more freedom. Well, Greg, you talked to us about a criminal case that went off the rails. Can you tell us about a civil case that perhaps ended up with a better result? It, it involved a a young man in his uh, mid to late thirties. I think he was thirty seven at the time. Uh, he was driving his car on a city street down in San Jose, near a construction site. Um, while the construction site was, was active, there was a, a large forklift that picked up um, a huge, what they call steel trench plate. It's something that covers um, ditches in the road uh, at night so people can drive over it. And then in the daytime, the construction workers cordon off the street, open up the, the plate and can access the, the ditch without cars having to, to drive in and meet their peril. While they were lifting up one of these large plates, they fell off the, the forklift and crashed onto the guy's car, crushing his head. He um, ultimately, uh, I shouldn't say ultimately, but at the scene was, was fine. Uh, miraculously. Uh, it wasn't until about three or four months later, he began losing his vision. And over a period of about a year, he completely lost his vision. And he was diagnosed with a, a very rare brain disorder. Um, as his, his actual eyeballs were, were perfectly fine and healthy, um, but his brain was unable to process the images and then kind of transmit um, what was being perceived into what was actually happening. So his, his brain um, w was injured, even though his speech was fine, um, his, his mannerisms were fine, his coordination was fine. Um, it, it was a very difficult case because it had a, an extremely late diagnosis. Usually if somebody goes blind, it, it happens immediate. You know, it's an explosion, something goes in your eye. Uh, you know, it's, it's very obvious. Um, this was a tough case and, uh, you know, I, have worked on it for two years, uh, and it settled you know, well into seven figures, um, you know, ultimately changing this young man's life. I wouldn't say for the better because, you know, he would rather have a site than all the money. Um, but we set him up in, uh, in a very good position, uh, where he'll have the adequate care and be able to afford, you know, the treatment that he needs um, to begin his life as a, a, you know, a blind person now. It really feels good when, as an attorney, you can help somebody out in what for them is a really terrible situation. And you never make anybody whole, but you can sometimes make things a little bit better. Yeah, that, and that, that's exactly what happened. And yeah, that feels good. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today on Love Thy Lawyer. I appreciate your time. I appreciate 
your stories, and I appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for being here, and it's good to talk to you. Lou, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Love Thy Lawyer. Special thanks always to my guests, Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts.